What's up, tribe? You're listening to the Tribecast at tribejournal.org, a Jewish digital community podcast looking at different things differently. Thanks for joining us. Today, we visit with Corey Gill Schuster from the Ask Project, a nonprofit that creates authentic man-on-the-street videos to increase understanding about the realities of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Corey is a Canadian-Israeli citizen living in Israel and has a fascinating story about how during the Second Intifada, he grabbed a camcorder and a translator and hit the streets to get real perspectives firsthand from real people on both sides of the conflict. Corey and I have never met, and likely never would have met if not for you two. We come from different countries, and in the course of conversation, we found out that we identify with somewhat different communities, even though we're both Jewish. Our conversation starts off with the backstory of the Ask Project, and from there, we walk right up until the edge of many of the most controversial topics of our time, which polarize our societies today. This is the raw conversation between two people trying to reconcile the herd psychology, propaganda, and community sensitivities, and how they impact our perspectives and behavior. In our unscripted conversation, we discuss the following topics. The Second Intifada, herd psychology and tribalism, the role of the media, men on the street, visiting the settlements, religious divides, the LGBTQ plus BLM and BDS movements, orthodox and non-orthodox, unorthodox and propaganda, the biggest paradigm shift, and religious and secular Israeli paradigms. Thanks for listening in, and as with all good conversations, we're just scratching the surface here. I hope you find this discussion both insightful and fun. And as always, we'd love to hear your feedback in the comments. Enjoy. Why would any Palestinian or Muslim or, or Arab today want to throw the Jews in the sea? What a ridiculous concept. How silly is that? Nobody's going to say yes. The first guy I asked said, and this is all in the video, this is the order. The first guy said, no, we don't want to throw them in the sea. This is a Zionist conspiracy. The Zionists made this up that we want to throw them in the sea. And I was like, oh, I don't know how to make a joke from that. So, okay, I'll go to the next guy. Next guy says, yes, I want to throw them in the sea. And I'm like, no, 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 sweetie. You don't understand my question. Obviously, you can't possibly understand my question. He goes, no, 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 I understand your question. And I got someone to translate in Arabic. He said, they stole my land. Of course I have to throw them in the sea. And I was like, oh, shit. like, this is what we're dealing with. Like, that was when I realized that according to the people I had voted for on the left and that the situation is not how we were taught to see it on the left. That you could call a paradigm shift. Okay, here we are with Corey Gill Schuster. Corey, thank you so much for making the time. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Before we jump in and uh, and hear a little bit about your story and who you are, I just want to give you a little bit of a, a, a backdrop as to why we're on this call right now. Um, sure. So I was doing a an internet search for a research project, and I came across Rabbi Yitzhak Breiderwitz, um, who who is a mentor of mine, a tremendous genius and sage, both in the academic and Torah world, and you know, it's an incredible thing that uh, when, when I saw this, this footage of you asking him a particular question, um, you know, one of these out-of-the-box questions, and, uh, and he, he obviously answered it in his articulate way, um, 
I was I was taken aback a little bit because in this day and age, you know, we're 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 in two, we're in 2020, and in 2020, uh, it's significantly different than 2010. 2010, internet digitally, uh, you know, there was there was still something called organic, and in the organic uh, virility of 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 Facebook and social media, YouTube and whatnot, uh, people were uh, you know putting everything up online and. These days, there's a there's, with Corona catalyzing the world to go digital. There's a huge push to figure out how to crack the code, so to speak. Not in the internet hacking world, but you know, getting things to go viral and whatnot. What is the budget? People are talking about tremendous production budgets and uh, you know, digital advertising budgets and 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 creating that digital footprint uh, that's going to bring their for-profit or even nonprofits. Um, traffic, you know, which would then translate into missions. So um, it, it's a fascinating thing for me to have seen your footage. Your footage was was certainly not professionally done. I, no offense, Corey. <laughs> Videography it's, is not. I don't know what I'm doing. Is the truth. <laughs> so. But it was great because it was the content was the main thing. I mean, your hand was a little bit shaky. Yes. The microphone was picking up all sorts of background, but the content of the content of Rabbi Breitowitz. And the other people, not just the sages, but people on the street mm-hmm. asking regular questions yeah. or, you know, and, and, you know, right now, I think you have well over 150,000 subscribers on YouTube. I yeah. saw you on PBS, picked up your story. And uh, I, I said, we got to, we got to get in touch with this guy. You know, what, what's the secret sauce there? I, I want to hear more about not just what you do digitally, but like the, the, the passion behind this project, the act project and what motivates you as a conflict resolution specialist at Tel Aviv University? So maybe tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we can get into this concept of the perspectives, sharing perspectives, which is what Tribe Journal is all about. Okay, sure. Um, so I'm probably going to disappoint you because I don't have any great answers for you, but let me tell you what I know. Um, so I am Canadian originally. I've been living in Israel for 20 something years, I mean, on and off for 30 years. So since 1989, and I married somebody Israeli and we lived here and then we lived in Canada, but I've been back and forth a lot. Um, I, while I was in Israel uh, before, it was during the second Intifada actually. So up to about 2003, we had a child um, and then we left for Canada. And when I was in Canada, I wanted to take uh, psychology to do a program, a master's in psychology in how to understand the Israeli-Palestinian conflict because I had experienced the Israeli side and I saw there's something there. There's, there's, there must be a way to explain what I had experienced with how Israelis see the conflict. And then maybe I'll understand the Palestinians better because that whole Oslo second intifada caught me off guard completely. And it, it really bothered me as a person who really does want peace and want people to have good lives and that sort of thing. And I found a program called Conflict Studies at the University of Ottawa. So it's like a conflict resolution program. I didn't even know what that was. Um, and it helped me um, understand a little bit about what motivates people in conflict. We moved back to Israel in 2010, 11. Um, and I'm looking for a job and I'm bored and I'm on Facebook groups. And I noticed, and I knew this before, so this wasn't new. But I noticed that there's a lot of people having conversation about Israelis and Palestinians and Israel and Palestine and all everything that's involved. 
And almost none of them are Israeli or Palestinian. That's what was, you know, that it kind of hit me while I was sitting in Israel. And I knew this. It wasn't like I didn't. It's like, what's going on here? a lot of Jews, Arabs, and those who support one or the other. And it's always somebody who supports one or the other. That's what's interesting. It's like you, it's like a sports team. You take a side, right? You decide which team is your team. Totally. And you support whatever they do and whatever they think. You support it wholly. You're referring um, to the media, people in the media... Influential you know, personalities. On Facebook, but the media is a reflection of that too. Yes, the media definitely has an element in this. So I'm, I'm just talking about you're in a Facebook group. Even before that, you had uh, uh, forums and different uh, internet uh, um, websites. People are just picking a side and deciding who's right and who's wrong. And they all and they all have the proof. It's almost always from Haaretz, and the proof could be anti-Israel or anti-Palestinian. But I think it's funny that it's from the same newspapers. <laughs> the same um and they have proof of what they're trying to put it say about one side or the other and what i kept noticing is that people had never been to israel they're not palestinian they don't live in the west bank or gaza these people um but they always knew they and they had a video or an article that they could reference to say here you see why i'm right this is it and a lot of times it's not that i don't think that they're right because there's grains of truth in all of these things. It's not that, you know, Haaretz is always wrong. It's not that. It, there's a grain of truth there. It's not, it's not entirely wrong. It's, they're not understanding context. They're not, from my perspective, my, the totally full my picture is, is rarely they're, they're not told. understanding the big picture. They're not understanding this is a very specific slice of, of Israeli society or Palestinian society. Maybe, I don't know, Palestinian society. I don't know. Um, and I, I just kept saying, well, why aren't they actually asking real Israelis or real Palestinians? And one day somebody said to me, what are you going to do? Go out and just ask people for their opinions? And I thought, wow, that's a really good idea. I have a video camera. Why am I not, when I go buy my vegetables and when I go to the supermarket and I'm having these schmoozy conversations, I don't know if you've been to Israel, I'm assuming. Oh yeah, I was there during the Intifad as well. I was there during the second Intifad as well. Okay, so you know, you have these conversations and whatever's in the news, they're talking about. Yeah, taxi drivers. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean the guy selling you the vegetables knows everything. It doesn't mean he's right. It's nothing to do with that. It has to do with that's his perspective. Right. And I thought, wow, if I could just show people that, yeah, wouldn't that be interesting? Brilliant. So I went out and said, so I, I what was interesting is in this forum is that I, I I dared people dared people I said give me a question and I'll go out and film people's answers. Yeah, they and dared you. I think. <laughs> Sorry, what? They dared you. Well, no, they didn't even want to ask me a question. They knew. Oh, it really? All. At they first, you couldn't get questions. Maybe just for the audience, explain the concept of the Ask Project. Just, just so, in, well, in, in thirty seconds. So the idea is that's yeah. where I was born. Is that you send me, you people send me a question. Um, I go out and I try to frame it uh, in that the way you meant it. So sometimes I have to change it a little bit so people understand what I'm talking about. And I ask random Israelis and Palestinians on the streets. That's it. It's so Breitowitz, to give you your example. And, and, and you have now, in some of these videos, I mean, I, I've seen them. You're, you're walking around. It, it looks a little bit like chutzpah, the way you're asking the question. But you're, you're trying to ask it from their perspective, from the yes, asker's I'm perspective. I'm trying. It's not always As like a representative. Time. And these have, these have gotten millions of views online. Some I mean, you have millions of views and, fall, and 150 plus thousand followers. It's only a few. Not all of them have millions but of still, views. But we'll still, I mean, that's that. that's... A, over a million views is a story. You know, that's, that's, yes. you're talking CNN, NBC, ABC, 
that that is the that is the the production level. I mean, some most of their stories don't <laughs> get that many views. True, so and some we'll, of them we'll get just... to that part of how long it, it took a long time. Okay, and it's only the ones about religion mainly or hate. Interesting, interesting. Okay, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. That's to me, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Um, but the idea is that yeah. you get. I ask eight to ten people the same question. I try to ask it the same way. It doesn't always work exactly because they don't sure. understand me or yeah. whatever. Um, and the idea is just to get a slice of what each society believes. And I really, really strive to be geographically representative, to, to be um, representative in terms of, you know, if I'm asking a general question, I try to ask three religious people, because it's about 30% of Israel is religious. One Haredi, two religious, ultra-Orthodox, or two modern Orthodox. Um, I try to ask people who are what you would call traditional, so they don't wear a kippah, but they do keep some of the mitzvot. Uh, and then I ask secular people. And the idea is to just get a slice of what people think. It doesn't mean that you can watch a video and go, oh, now I understand completely. It just gives you a sense of what people think of a, about a very particular uh, idea. And that's the, that's the idea, just to get Very interesting. Out. And of course, this, you're, you're the, you're the uh, journalist, so to speak. So... You could be editing. I know there are some people with a political lean that do this, a similar thing in the United States, but they'll potentially show only the, the laugh out loud moment. Now, I, have, I have a rule. First of all, everything I film, unless somebody tells me, don't include it. And it happens sometimes. People go, you know what? Don't include that. And I don't. Everything I, I post, including I've had to make entire videos around somebody when I asked an, an entirely different question. And I said, now I got to post it as an entirely different video and it's got to be there. I have a rule about that. It's very important. Everything is included and nothing is edited out for content, nothing. Other than I sometimes edit out, well, I edit out their names or where they're from because some people actually say, give a made up name, that fair, fair enough. Um, and if somebody says you need to cut where I said something, which is embarrassing to me. Interestingly enough, I know probably viewers are thinking, oh, if they said something racist against Arabs or they said something, you know, Palestinians say something racist against Jews. It's almost never that. If they want something cut, it's because, oh yeah, my mother's gonna see this. And yeah, I just admitted to dating somebody, you know, the wrong person, something like that. It's always something benign in our view, right? <laughs> so, uh, and the times that people have asked to be taken out of videos, it was always for saying absolutely benign things. They just didn't like, they didn't Interesting. quite get it. Self-conscious on camera. They're going to be on YouTube. Even though I explained to everyone, you're going to be on YouTube. They sure. don't sometimes get it. And then I can usually talk them out of it. I go, look, there's thousands of people there. You're fine. No one's going to remember you. And then they <laughs> almost always say, fine, keep it in. And once in a while, somebody says, take me out. I take them out. It's not a problem. Sure. Nice. So so let's go back. So, so how did this... How did this? Uh, how did you start this, though? I, you know, you said it was a slow start, and maybe take us through that journey with, with you know. Um, so yeah, it started out at that 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 conversation. You know what? Let's give it just a quick. I remember the early two thousands. Uh, we were I was in yeshiva at the time mm -hmm. in uh, Jerusalem, and so the Ben Yehuda Street bombing. Uh, mm -hmm. I literally Saturday night. I felt a, a building miles away shake. I mean, it was it was a it was a loud uh, explosion, and there were yeah. other instances throughout that Takufa, that period yeah. where, um, you know, the, there was a, a case where uh, an electric worker was called to uh, Jaffa yeah. Gate and they blew him away. They, yeah. they, they called him to do some electric work and it was an ambush and they literally just took a, you know, a gun out and started firing at an electric worker. 
Um, and I heard those fires. I heard those uh, shots fired uh, when I was in the in the base medrash learning Torah. It was it was Bain Isman. Um, so this was this was really uh, close to everybody who was in Israel at the time. The, the buses were blowing up, and it, it was a really terrible, terrible time. It was, it was a difficult time and a confusing time because you think, I mean, I, as, you know, as a lefty, let's put it that way, sort of lefty thinking we're going to, we're, we're going to have peace any minute now, it's just going to happen. And then at, at the same time you have a process, you also have a lot of violence towards Israelis and violence, um, reciprocal violence towards Palestinians as a, right, so it was disheartening as, as well uh, because of this. Um, and from their perspective, it was very different, but you know, that was my experience. That was right. And there were so many different opinions within the, uh, Jewish Israelis Mm -hmm. and the Palestinian Israelis. Um, so that, that was, that was, uh, yeah, that was, that was a very turbulent political time as well. So it was very confusing and I wanted to understand how does that even happen? Like, why, why does that happen? So, um, so part of this, part of what motivates me is not being caught off guard again. I want to understand the Palestinian street, the Israeli street I know because I have to interact with them all the time. Palestinian street, I want to know how would they react to this idea? How, what would they think if their president dies and the next guy comes? What are they going to think? What is your, I want to be prepared. It's a psychological thing. This is entirely about me, about being prepared. And along with it, I'm taking all of you in a sense on this journey to understand what is going on here. Um, and yeah, and I agree, you said before something about the media. There is, there is of course bias in media. I mean, we all have bias. I walk into this making assumptions about even using the words, first of all, what is the right solution? We all have that, we all have that bias. And then even the words that people use when they describe something, I'm making assumptions what they mean. It turns out half the time I'm completely wrong. And the media is completely wrong. And one of the great things about this is I can say, and sometimes I don't pick up on it, but every so often, you know, you find out that what they're saying isn't what you think it is. It's not because they're lying. They're not lying. They're just using the same words in a different way. And they mean it differently. One of the examples I always give is there's the video, well, two videos, uh, is uh, when I would talk about Palestinians about occupation. And to me, occupation meant West Bank, West Bank and Gaza. And it turns out most of them, when they talk about occupation, they mean Tel Aviv, they mean Haifa, they mean Akko. And I didn't clue into this. It didn't. Oh, interesting. You know, it, it, I didn't know. That and it's just the fact, point, that asked, a, and the fact that there's a Jewish state is the occupation. Is the occupation. Palestine is occupied. Period. It's, not, it's less about the borders. It's, it, it's, it's nothing to do with the borders for most of them. There are some people who realize that Palestine of 48 is gone. And they have to adapt, and that's okay by them. I mean, they're not happy about it. They, you know, they're not thrilled about this idea, but they recognize right. the situation. And then the other thing was when you talk about peace uh, with uh, Palestinians and Israelis, well, they mean completely different things to each other. So you have to clarify: what do you mean by peace? Peace with who? And what does that actually mean? Right. And, and it's also side means something different. Also, even in, just in this conversation, we're talking about they. There's so many different opinions, just like in Israel, there are so many different opinions amongst the Jews. So too, there are so many opinions amongst the, you know, I always, I always um, get frustrated when I see the media and even just people talking about the Israel-Palestinian conflict. Uh, they, they, it's very much discussed as a, you know, one or the other. And I think it's, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts, but it, there's more of a quadrant it's more of a quadrant game. You know, you have 
um, you have pro-Israel and pro-Palestinian, like pro-Jewish Israeli, whatever, and pro-Palestinian. Then you have uh, pro-Israel and anti-Palestinian. Then you have pro-Palestinian and pro-Israel. And then you have pro-Palestinian and anti-Israel. But people simplify it. They oversimplify it to say it's just it's just pro-Palestinian equates is equated with anti-Israel and pro-Israel. That's the majority of people. They just need to simplify. It's it's human nature. You need to think who's good, who's bad. If if I like this side, therefore I must be against that side. And everything this side, the side I support, says must be true. And everything the side I, I who are against right, the them tribalism. Must be wrong. It's very tribal. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Herd psychology is a very powerful thing because as an individual, people will have their own point of view and their own morals and values. But then once it's part of a greater whole, that sort of overrides, overrides their own judgment oftentimes. Yeah. What are your well, thoughts on that? That will inform that? who they're going to side with and why. That's going to, you know, who, what your values are. So you as a religious person, you're going to think one way. And me as a humanist who I don't believe in, in God at all, I'm going to think in a slightly different way. It's just going to inform how we see. Now, it doesn't mean you're politically going to necessarily be with a certain, certain it's more likely you are, but it doesn't mean it's the only thing part of you. Just like the other side is not necessarily going to, to believe exactly as everyone else does. Yeah, jo Professor Jonah Berger at the Wharton School wrote a book, uh, Catalyst, and he brings a, a study about um, they did they did a it wasn't his his team, but the, the research was done. I forget where it was, where they did a a, a study at um, and they had they tested comedy. Like, what is funny to you is actually part hurt psychology, and and tribalism, so to speak, yeah. plays a role in what you think is funny. Okay. What they did was they brought subjects in and they tested them and they would play the same uh, role, the, the same, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, you know, comedy tracks. Comedy bits or whatever. Yeah, comedy comedy bits. And then they would have the, the laugh track and they would play with the laugh track on the subject that the subject would be hearing. So when they told the subject that they were listening with people, they, like regular people, they tested it. Okay, control group would be listening to it regularly then it would be, okay, you're listening to it. If, like, if it was a person who was democratically leaning, you know, if they were left-leaning or whatever, they'd say, you're listening, with, you're listening to this with Democrats. If they were right-leaning, they would say, you're listening to this with Republicans. And, and they would have um, you know, people sort of thinking that they were listening to the comedy with their group. And when they were told that they were listening with people of the other group, they found that there was actually, it was, it was the, equated with... Um, as if there were no laugh track at all. You know, the laugh track is always helps you laugh. You know, you, 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 you watch any of these, it was like, we see John Oliver and with, right after Corona without a laugh track, it was a very different show. Sure. <laughs> but they take away the laugh tracks of the audience from a lot of these pundits, you know, it, it becomes a very different uh, experience. Yeah. Uh, questionably not yeah, funny. Unfortunately, <laughs> human beings are not that smart. I mean, that's what it kind of comes down to that we, we, we seem to look for simplifications to, because we say this is my, or other people have said this, not my idea, but I believe that we, we, we need to psychologically feel uh, we are part of a group and feel uh, um, uh, that, we, that we understand them and they understand us and we are connected. And therefore, if they say something is okay or something is bad, therefore we must 
believe it. And very few times do any of us, I don't care how educated you are, do we even question half of what we hear or do. Um, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's a problem. That's part of how do, what problem. are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on um, the role of, of herd psychology over overcoming this, the perspective of the individual? So that, you know, wh- how, how much does herd psychology, does the group thought influence the, the 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 individual's thought i i, I think and in not, regard I'm, I'm speaking specifically in regards to conflict resolution yeah i think i think it's huge i mean this you, you should speak to better experts who study so in social psychology this this but yeah but you see it you see that so i'll give the the example of how when you have a leader who tells you these people are bad or the opposite a leader who leads you into a peaceful situation it's, if he's a strong leader or she is a strong leader and they're respected, um, it's amazing how, how, how quickly will, people will rally, will reverse their views about it. So we had something like Anwar Sadat who changed the situation in Israel of, of people believing in peace with Egypt, whereas before it's not that they didn't want peace, it's just they thought we can't trust these people. And somebody did this, this incredible move of recognition of, uh, of Israelis, um, and it helped move people along. And so there is—it's a type of herd psychology. It's a—it's a way of breaking a barrier. And you need the problem is you need leaders who actually do these things, as an example. So unfortunately, they can also do the opposite. They can also say these people are bad and these people have done us wrong, and that's where a lot of uh, um, conflicts. Have, have gone out of control. So yeah, it what's, has a huge role. And also the, just, what, just what, the daily stuff more than the leader. I mean, leaders, the leaders lead us. They, they, have, a, they have definitely a role in all of this. But it, to me, it's more interesting the day-to-day people, the people you, you talk to all the time who also lead you a little bit. They, they kind of, you know, they, they, they motivate you to think a certain way. So that's what I'm, at least for me, I'm trying to capture. What is, what's going on? What do people, how do people see it? What right. is that herd psychology at the moment? So, so, so when there's an exchange, when people can see what the other group is, is uh, thinking, mm-hmm. um, that, that breaks down the stereotypes that are keeping people apart. Is that, is that, is that, that's what you're going for there? What I'm going for is at least we understand what we're getting, we're, we're dealing with. Oh, so, um, you, you're, so you're sort of like a, 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 not incognito, but a cognito fact finder for, for, the, for the world. Kind of. I'm, I, I've been ac- accused personally, my personal, like who I am. I'm that person who has to talk about the elephant in the room. Uh, I'm very, if there's a problem and nobody's talking about it, it drives me crazy. So I, I think that's a little bit of the motivation here is that we're not talking about how each side sees the, the conflict in this case so differently that if you speak to a Palestinian, you speak to an Israeli, you might as well be talking to a Sri Lankan and a Peruvian because they're talking about completely different conflicts in their minds. And I'm trying to say, guys, spotlight, spotlight. Look at what, how, what they're talking about. I don't, I'm not agreeing with them. I, it has nothing to do with agreement. I'm saying this is what is. And if you want to solve a problem, if you want to solve a conflict, you need to deal with what is instead of what you wish it was. Right. And so that's what I'm doing. That's my uh, contribution to, all, to conflict resolution is saying, spotlight, this is what's happening. 
I have right. my own ideas of what should happen, but that is, I'm probably wrong. I'm probably completely wrong. So as are most people, but um, I think all I can really do is say, show what regular people have to say. And so people have an understanding of that. What, what role does the media play in your, in your, in opinion? the conflict in yeah. general? You know, I, I'll give you an example. Like complicated. I, I'm, I'm here in Boston and uh, went on campus. I met a, a uh, young man, a student who, who grew up um, his parents as well uh, in, in Jerusalem, um, mm -hmm. Palestinian. And, um, and, and he, he was saying how life in, in Jerusalem is great. You know, that they're, that they're able to move around freely and everything. And there's no, there's really no difficulty that, that they see in the media, the media, the way it portrays life for Palestinians is in, in a tremendously negative um, light, but he, but he was, he was very much, uh, very comfortable uh, growing up and, and whatnot uh, in Jerusalem. They, 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 there was no stigma there. Um, he yeah. did mention that obviously when he goes to different parts of Israel, that there might be more of a challenge. But um, but he said that his experience was not was not. Well, like I'm glad that he had that. Experience. And we don't really hear that voice. We don't really. Well, I would also suspect. I would I would uh, uh, clarify if if he was in front of me. Are you saying this because you're talking to a Jew and you're trying to be kind and nice and hospitable? And there's another side that you're kind of leaving out where there are some issues. I would say this to everybody. Maybe. Exactly. I mean, he was sitting with he was sitting at a table with with a friend from uh, Syria, and you know they, they, these were not Jewish people. I mean, yeah. I was the I was in the minority in the in the in the group. No, and I, I would hope. Look, I and it was everyone, it was uh, it was also in a conversation Arab. where he you know and then I was like, can I film this? <laughs> this is really, and I pulled out the camera myself. I, and, I, no, they do exist. I pulled the guilt. Yeah. I know people exactly like that, so I'm I'm not saying this doesn't yeah, exist. Yeah. I'm saying. I mean, I, we've uh, all had taxi drivers as well but you're saying yeah, that maybe they're yeah, just being polite or is that is that what you're suggesting? Um, i think that there is a habit here of of hospitality of wanting to be friendly and kind and good to each other that even if you think other things you're just not going to forefront that part at the moment so, so, so you think there's there's the conversation think, that they might have in public but then in private, they well, have a very not necessarily. I don't know what this, I, I don't want to second guess what this person would say. Yeah. I'm just saying that people are complicated and he might have other views as we all do sometimes where we curse the other side in some way because we're frustrated because we've had a frustrating ex experience. Uh, getting back to the media though, uh, I, the media on the one hand is supposed to be there to do kind of what I think I'm doing is, you know, exposing things, not exposing, but you know, being, putting a spotlight on this is what's going on. But if you follow media from different countries, you get a story told to you from every country, it's a little bit different because the people walking into the situation understand it from a different perspective because I'll give the Canadian example. If you listen to CBC, because I'm Canadian, um, if you listen to the CBC, Canadian news about Israel-Palestine, everything is, why can't you just get along? We all get along. Canadians are, you know, we get along. That's what we strive for, you know, being anti-conflict. Why can't you guys just do this? Um, other one, other media are much more about these people suffer. The Palestinians in this case suffer, or it might be you know more pro-Israel. Look how much the Israelis suffer. I, what ends up happening because I know media people is they come into the situation. They don't speak Hebrew. They don't speak Arabic. They don't know the cultures. They learn something from their you know through whatever however they learned it. Um, and they kind of um, uh, recreate that. They, they, they recreate that story that they've been told or they look for it. I'll give you an example. Um, we've had people, I'm trying not to out anybody, 
people from Turkish television uh, come to me and say, I'm looking for a story about how Mizrahi Jews suffer so much under the Ashkenazi. And I'm like, my husband is Yemenite. I, I, I like, sorry, that's not my, you know, there have been examples. It's not that it doesn't exist. But that was 60 years ago. Like, that doesn't really happen now. I mean, you can make kind of an argument a little bit. We'll come to you looking for the story. But they look for the, that's my point. It's, it's another, another one. I remember I was with a friend in a park in Tel Aviv, and she's from Lebanon. And she said, oh, that guy's from Al Jazeera. Let's go hear what he's asking people. And he was interviewing Sudanese uh, asylum seekers. And all she translated in my ear he said, the reporter from Al Jazeera says, so tell me, how did the Jews make you suffer? And then puts the microphone in his face. So if you're looking for a very specific story, of course, uh, you know, people are going to, people love, victimhood gives you a sense of identity, it gives you a sense of, uh, of you're doing something for your cause. It's very easy to find. Does it mean it's the only truth? I mean, being a victim, people here have been victimized, just like you gave the example of people who are victims of terror in Israel. People can, you can easily find stories of people who have been victimized. Not, that's not a problem. Uh, that, but that's not the whole story. That's not everything. It's much more complicated than that. And it's not very helpful. I mean, it's, I, I, it's not that I don't want to feel guilty for Israelis who have victimized Palestinians. I mean, none of us like to feel guilty, but, that's not the whole story. That's not, things have, everything that happens has a reason. Doesn't mean I like the reason, doesn't mean I agree with the reason, but there are reasons behind it and there's motivations behind it. I, all I wanna do is understand that. And I think the media does a very poor job of that. that that's my criticism. I still think they're needed. I don't wanna be anti-media, but you know, sometimes I hear what they have to say and I'm like, guys, you got it wrong. Like when they're talking about us, the Israelis, the Jews, like they get things wrong. And that just annoys me. So this is it is, what, it is what, terribly what frustrating. And yeah, I get things wrong too. There have been many times you hear in the videos where you hear me go, so you mean whatever, and people say, no, not at all, because I got it wrong. Um, which is which is fine, which is great. I'm you know happy somebody corrects me. So right, beautiful. So so you're um so you how how often do you get on the street and ask these questions? In non-corona times, I try to do it once a week. Once a week. Uh, at least, yeah. Try to, my Fridays and Saturdays. Uh, and then every so often I take a vacation day from my job uh, to get middle of the week type, uh, you know, people. Uh, mostly if I have to go to uh, religious areas because Friday everyone's getting ready for Shabbos. Uh, Shabbat, I can't interview them. So I take days off uh, to interview um, uh, religious people. So. And, uh, and, and what camera, you use this like, this literally like a hand, it's a hand cam. It's, a hand it's cam. very simple. It was, a, it was, I bought it at Best Buy for $200, the first one. Um, and the second one was a little bit better. I don't even remember the brand. I think it was, I don't remember the first brand. Panasonic, actually. Yeah, they stopped Amazing. making them. It was and a little edited, like a gun. It was great. Yeah. And what do you edit in? Uh, oh, uh, through PowerDirector, it's called. Oh, I just, um, is that yeah, one of the free online doing. things? <laughs> I, I, no, it's not online. I bought it, but oh. uh, it's very simple. I don't know what I'm doing with editing. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, you could tell like people who are film people criticize me all the time saying your lighting is terrible, your sound is off, right. what are you doing? And I said, yeah, you, when are you going to get a Palestinian or an Israeli to stop for 15 minutes right. so you can set up a microphone, so you can set up the lighting so it'll just be right? <laughs> no one will stop for that long, period. So if you want to get real people, um, th this is what you have to do. 
So, and then I didn't think about it, but people point out it looks more real this way. So it right. wasn't- I think authentic. You, you, it's more you authentic. capture But it wasn't the intention. Footage. It was just me being, you know, right. saying, I only have two minutes with this person. I got to do it quickly. Right, so. right. In some ways, it's, it's more authentic because it's not professionally done. You True. know, some, sometimes if there's like a, if, if the camera is, um, you know, stable and the lighting's perfect and there's a microphone, then it, it actually loses its authenticity, you know? Sure. And you could tell uh, often, or at least I can tell now, when people knew the question before, I don't almost never tell people the question before I ask it on camera. Get on, uh, on the spot, right. You need to show, like, even with the, like, mostly, actually, for the ridiculous questions, no offense to people ask ridiculous questions, because they think they're good questions. When you see people's reaction of, what is that? What are you saying? What, that's ridiculous. That, I think, is, 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 is valuable to know that the person being asked the question thinks that's a ridiculous question. I'm not saying it actually is a ridiculous question, but those are questions I think are terrific questions that I've asked people and they just go, come on, come on. And I think, well, I think that's a good question. But it's, it's, I think it tells you a lot if you see people's reactions and expressions on their face. How, how has it changed you, Gil? You know, at, going up and asking questions that you normally wouldn't ask and then getting answers that you, wouldn't, that you would be surprised. Like, how has that changed you as a, as a person, as a, as, a, as, as a citizen of Israel? Um, well, it made me more, uh, there, there are a lot of, I knew Israeli society pretty well, uh, Israeli secular and traditional society, let's clarify. So the, the society you lived in, in Jerusalem, I didn't know it at all. Like that just wasn't my world. Jerusalem. Really? Was very Where did you live? Sorry? Where did you live? I lived in, let's see, I lived on a Moshav, uh, near Ashdod in Gedera, like area. Mm -hmm. uh, I lived in Haifa, I lived in Yehud, and then I lived in Tel Aviv later. So I lived in these sort of um, traditionally, traditional slash secular areas, not with ultra-Orthodox uh, or, so that's a whole other world. Um, how, but it changed me that I think I'm much more, I, I think it surprised me. I think, so, so one thing you like is I didn't know settlers very well. And I didn't know their worldviews, and I expected them to be a, to be a lot more uh, extreme and more radical. And I found that actually, it's a much more moderate society than I than I thought of and expected. What, and what, what was the word? I missed the word. Who? Extreme, moderate settlers. So Jewish Sem settlers in. Oh, the like the the religious settlers. Or even secular settlers. Yes. Oh, okay. But, but I had this expectation that if somebody lives in Gush Etzion or uh -huh. in they're going yeah. to be much more extreme in their views than than they are and i do get uh, you get more paranoia for sure they're just uh, chilling out there on the mountaintops over there living their life out and and passionate yeah, about yeah, yeah. I would say in, a, in a delusional state but it's not like we're taking over israel and you know they're just they're just they're just living their life yeah 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 they're in their world they're in their bubble like where everyone's yeah. in a bubble and they think their lives are totally normal and they have a particular worldview and okay and i expect well, so to share with me and now i'm going to play the the uh the uh cory gil schuster um card here like share with me your perspective on that of them yeah like what was your perspective uh, going in what so did you I perceive them as extremism. i expected to hear when i asked them about palestinians because that's really what people want to know they mm -hmm. don't really care about you know other why are they there why are they abusing palestinians why are they stealing land that's really all people want to know outside people 
That's the answer. Um, uh, and I expected them to be much more extreme, much more racist uh, towards Palestinians. Um, and just extreme, have much more extreme views, like Kahana Chai type views. And I found most people are uh, what I would call, this is my opinion, uh, delusionally moderate, meaning when the Arabs understand that the Jews will make things good for the Arabs, the Palestinians, um, they'll be good little tatalas and they will live the way we think they should live. It's, it's, in my opinion, this is my opinion, it's a little condescending. It's a little, it, it misses the point of what even Zionism is, that Zionism is the idea of self-determination. Why don't they have their own self-determination? It kind of misses out on that, that, well, they can't have it because they're violent and they're, um, uh, they can't get their act together. So we have to control, and also we can't trust them is the other thing. And I'm not saying any of that is entirely wrong. It just was my impression it's a little delusional, thinking that the, pal meaning the delusional part is that the Palestinians are gonna wake up one day and think, um, when, well, yeah, I, I'll, I'll be controlled by these Jews. They're making things good for me. I'll have businesses and that'll all be good. I don't think that's gonna happen. It actually, by the way, in conflict resolution, it's a form of conflict resolution because if they actually did agree to that, well, then there's no conflict. Then we're all good, it's all fine. So I just don't think that's gonna happen because uh, I have this argument. I have a few friends who, are, um, who live in West Bank settlements and their interaction with Palestinians is the opposite of what happens to me. Meaning they hear all the time, yes, living under you Jews is wonderful and terrific and great. That's why I kind of pointed this out about the Jerusalem guy. And I'm like, but that's not what I hear when I'm in Ramallah and in Nablus and in, and they're always looking for reasons why that is. Well, you're not meeting the real people. You're not meeting the right people. And I'm like, okay, but where, so where do I find these right people? Cause I'm going everywhere. Um, so. I, I, just clarify that point, clarify the point. You're saying the, the, the Jerusalem guy was the one that I met on campus, right? Who was from Jerusalem and had a positive experience growing up in a Jewish state of Israel. You're saying now, and he and he told me. I'm just full disclaimer. He told he did tell me that in other parts, it's it's not like that. You know, when they go to visit relatives in other parts or whatever it might be. So you're saying that the people in the other parts, you can't find someone to say what. When I go to Ramallah and Nablus and Bethlehem or villages in that area, because I'm I'm meeting people in Ramallah who are often from villages around. So it's it's a good. I, I, I can now, just like I can identify who the Israeli characters are, I can identify who the Palestinian characters are to a certain extent. And I have a translator and I say, okay, village, city, what are we talking about? Educated, less educated, that's what it is. So I'm really trying to get a cross section. I almost never hear on camera or off camera, people who say, yes, I want Israel to control the entire land and um, live with the Jews no, that's going too far. Um, and and have Israel control. Let's put it that way. I almost never hear that. Meaning they Sometimes. want their own, their own autonomy, their their own government, their own autonomy. What I hear mostly is Palestine was stolen, meaning Tel Aviv was stolen oh, okay. from, from from them. They want it back. They want it back. Okay, that's where you're going. Yeah. So that's now, that's where the line is. What happens? The line is drawn that there's no line. <laughs> there's yeah. They forget the green line. Just. Right. ignore that and what happens to the jews and they kind of look at me like oh i never thought of that like there's oh, not really yeah wow. there's sort of this idea and I'll, I'll put it in a different way if you look at algeria algeria was colonized by france mm -hmm. for until 1956 bad with dates um they were colonized for a very long time by france palestinians see themselves as similar in that way they've been colonized by these european jews mm -hmm. 
um, and their job is to get rid of them. And then if you say, well, what happens to the Jews? If they think about it, some of them will say, well, I guess we could live together, but under Palestine, it's Palestine. The Palestinians control, not the Jews. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some of them say, no, no, wait, they have to go back to Europe because according to that, according to Palestinians, everybody's from Europe um, or America. Um, that's the dominant- Even though, even though there are, are, are plenty of Jews, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of Jews that came from Arab lands. Yeah. I mean, not- oh, it's 55 to 60%. It's actually the majority. Oh, really? It's that high, yeah, wow. Of, so yes, you think 55 to 60 percent of Jewish Israelis are from are Mizrahi, yeah. are Mizrahi meaning from yeah. the Arab Arab uh, countries in the east, eastern and yeah, Israelis. depending on how you count, because then there's you know 10 percent of those are mixed between Ashkenazi and Mizrahi, and depending if you consider like Jews who came from Kazakhstan or something like that as Mizrahi, but yeah, if you just take Ashkenazi Jews, um, yeah, that's like 35 40 percent. It's not, oh, wow. they're not the majority. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. So but they, yeah. can we shift gears? I, I, I think it's interesting, a point that you, you subtly brought up when you spoke about the Jewish religious or non-religious uh, settlers, um, that there is a left and a right. You know, just like in the United States, there's Republicans and Democrats. Mm-hmm. Uh, Israel is a lot more nuanced. Um, there are a lot more parties, but there is an overarching religious discussion or lack of discussion happening mm-hmm. um, between the religious and non-religious um, communities. Maybe. What are your thoughts on that? Because you said you did mention that one of your videos uh, had a, had you know a lot of the religious oriented videos go much more viral than than the. Wait, uh, I got to clarify that. that. But by religious oriented videos, it's because Christians are interested, not Jews. Oh, interesting. Interesting. It's very interesting to watch who to see who watches my videos, and I, it's hard to know. You can't know if somebody's Christian or not. But the most views I get are, for, I, I assume, are from, or the most questions I get is about why we don't believe Jesus is the Messiah. We, it's, it's, and, and no matter how many videos I make about it, and I, that's why I went to Breitowitz the second time, by the way. Is that was the video a, I saw. I'm like, can we settle this once and for all? We don't need to. <laughs> the right guy, that's you don't for have sure. To be a Jew. You don't have to, right? There right. Are Anyone who doesn't know Rabbi Breitowitz, he graduated from Harvard Law School and was a professor for decades at... Uh, University of Maryland School of Law, primarily because he was way, a, a big rabbi him, in Silver Spring. He I probably could have been a, a professor. I found they, him by accident. I walked into oh, really? Sameach Yeshiva yeah. with a guy who used to study there, who's American or he's Canadian. And yeah. he said, let's just walk around and see if we can find some Yeshiva students to ask them. And I'm like, terrific. And we knocked on doors. He, and he is, just happened to be there. He is such a sage. Not I, I I started off with his academic achievements in the in the you know collegian world, but um, but in in the in the Torah world just, in the Torah totally, world he is a giant giant. He is a pleasure to talk to because again right. he explains things in a rational Softly way, softly and calmly and that's very right, and calmly. Yeah. And he didn't get upset by any of my no, questions. No, no, he's they're obnoxious. I, mean, he's, he's, I agree. Yeah. They're obnoxious, but to a religious person, be <laughs> like, very why real, do you right? believe Jesus is the Messiah? He is, according to them, not according to me. Right. And he's like, okay, let's you know take this piece by piece. Yeah, he was, he was amazing, brilliant man. So, so the, the religious questions get the most views because I think Christians and Muslims now just are so. Each religion is so obsessed uh, with with it, it, their views and why other people don't believe what they believe, and yeah. so. I didn't expect that because I was thinking all the time about politics. I don't, no offense, I don't care that much about religion. I think it's interesting. I don't want to offend anyone. And I, you know, I, I very much believe in, you know, everyone has the right to believe whatever they want. Um, I just, it's just not my interest. And so 
uh, but I notice they get the most views. So I throw some in all the time. And then I have to take a friend of mine who is ultra-Orthodox, or I have some Haredi friends, I have to take them with me because I don't understand half of what these people are saying to me. Because first okay, of all, as you know, <laughs> Jerusalem religious people mumble in Hebrew. I can, they speak yeshivish. They throw in Yiddish, which unfortunately I don't know because my grandmother didn't speak to me in Yiddish. Uh, so I have to bring people with me to like translate. To translate well, their English. <laughs> no, they're even, no, they're English Hebrew. pretty much get. It's, right. it's when it's in Hebrew that I'm just- Right, right, right. Very, That's very great. Confused. That's awesome. So, so, so let's uh, go, let's go. I want to go down that road with you, sure. uh, if 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 you'll if you'll uh, if you'll be so kind. What 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 are you know what are some big paradigm shifts that you've had speaking as 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 a a self proclaimed leftist, um, Israeli leftist or a Canadian Israeli leftist, interacting with the the ultra orthodox in Israel. You know what were some of the big paradigm shifts? Because just by way of background, in America, there is a bit of a rift. Uh, as well between the religious the the the, the, the yeshiva community if you if you want to call it that and uh, and the secularists or the less religious or really secularists I think is the is the is the is the more accurate word um, you know there's there's a rift there's a propaganda almost if you will uh, there's a propaganda against the ultra orthodox community which I find to be terribly frustrating you know you, you take the movie like unorthodox. And um, and these types of attempts to slander entire communities based on a small minority uh, opinion. And okay, that's that, interesting. So you saw that as as propaganda. Oh, it's so inaccurate. It's as inaccurate. Interesting. Yeah. No, interesting. I have yeah. no idea how accurate it is because I, I didn't grow up uh, uh, orthodox, obviously. Right. But right. It, to most secular Jews and Israelis, that's they see that as oh, that's an interesting window into that world. Wow, how fascinating! Right, they right. They don't see it as a as a slam, and they don't see you as if anything. It humanizes Orthodox people. If anything, oh, that's interesting because yeah, very much so because it, it it's perceived as clawing away and trying to tar and feather the black hat, so to speak. It's it's not how it's see, that's an interesting thing. It's in conflict. That's what happens is we we tend to focus on aspects that we think the other side is saying, no matter who the other side is. So in this case, Orthodox versus secular, and it's not what they're saying. It's but but let saying. me ask, let's go, let's go a level deeper than that. I mean, is it fair to say that from our perspective, our leftist perspective, we just saw it as a nice, interesting window? I mean, if it's a misrepresentation of an entire population, let's say, like the, if it's the minority of the, it's the minority of the minority of that particular stream sect of, of, ultra-Orthodox Judaism that feel that way, and, and they didn't present a full picture, It was then it's actually a misrepresentation, even though it's a window. And that yes. does unconsciously alter the perception that secular Israelis or secularist Americans- But not in a necessarily negative way. You're, you're, you're kind of putting too much- and how, I, I how, how do you, Speak that out. I, I'd love to hear exactly your perspective the on same thing. Uh, I've done exactly, I'll, I'll give you an example, I'm gay. So, I, I see portrayals of gay people all the time and I'm like, guys, no, you got it wrong. Like, what are you doing? And really, does it matter? No, it really doesn't. As long as people are humanized to a certain extent, it's good enough. Even well, if you get it wrong. I'm not, I'm not sure I agree with that. I think that, I think that manu if, you, if you look into the manufactured consent, Right. And, and the way that media influences masses, this is something that's been happening for well over 100 years. Um, and it's, you know, the democratic societies 
are influenced by the media in a tremendous way. And most of it's unconsciously, subconsciously. Mm -hmm. So, you know, even though I understand what you're saying, I, and I agree with you that we have our perspective on what they are portraying us as, whoever the we and the us are, right? And that they are. Um, but, but still, I, I, I'm not so quick to say that it doesn't influence opinion about a particular group. Well, give me an example of how it influences, like in a negative way. Give me, give me an example of how you think secular people now see, because of, let's say, unorthodox as an example. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll give you an example. I, 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 did, a, I did a vlog on tribejournal.org uh, where we spoke about, um, I don't know if we want to go there. I mean, I just recently did a, a thorough analysis of, I mean, on, on topic, there was an LGBTQ activist mm -hmm. who grew up not religious at all. And she wrote about her experience growing up with a Jewish father and how she chose pride as her religion, as opposed to uh, the menorah. Yeah, like, like the pride parade was what she wants to give her and her wife. They want to give her uh, children a religion like they, they connect more to the pride parade and the celebration uh, that happens at the pride parade than they then so they they have no connection to the menorah so the whole article was this this uh, person who's ignorant of judaism uh, mm -hmm. proclaims that she's ignorant of judaism but then polarizes her experience and again it's an authentic experience and as she wrote in, a, in an apology um that she she just wants to, you know, she just wants to take us on a journey and, you know, of her journey, which is great. And stories are powerful tools, right? But what she, what she did that might've been unsensitive, sorry, insensitive to the Jewish community is that she sort of at the end, for example, said that uh, I choose to give my, uh, something like my children love, no menorah attached. And okay. it's not, and so, so that statement is really subtle. You know, it's a subtle statement where it sort of pegs uh, the menorah as like, if, if my children don't light the menorah, then I'm not going to love them. You know, that, that, that there's an, in, it, it wasn't explicitly said, and then, you know, it may not have been consciously conjugated by the reader, but the, but the underlying premise was certainly there. You know, that when you polarize, when you peg the question as menorah or love the children, it's so subtle. Now, again, this is an LGBTQ activist who writes, uh, you know, she wrote a book on the history of it and, you know, she's, she's blogging everywhere. So then it becomes a question, was that an intentional story, which I, I wrote to, instead of me just like taking to the blog sphere, like a lot of people do. And they, you know, they, they immediately lash out and defend. And I actually wrote her an email and much like I, I, I reached out to you. I just out of curiosity. What did she, what did she say? She had, she said she, she, I, I asked her to appear on a, on a podcast or whatnot. She said she, she wasn't interested. She had a, a couple of dozen people reached out to her, but she wrote something on medium that responded to, and, and, and it basically, it was a public apology that it wasn't her intention and whatnot. But I mean, obviously the reader could ask, um, you know, she is an LGBTQ activist. And so she did have an agenda to tell her story which should be, which should be told, you know, it's, I mean, it's her perspective. I want to tell your perspective. No one, no one's taking offense to that, but, but when people speak about their own personal story, they do have to be sensitive 
to you know minorities and and people who are you know and with an increase of anti-Semitism and all of these things going on, and the assimilation rate, which is tremendous, which her story is part of, you know. So it, it wasn't. I I I made my vlog and I accepted her apology and I defended her and whatnot and and you know, but it's still a question to the reader. But my point is, is that those subtle those subtle choices of words and frame and framework in which stories are presented can actually, I think, have a, a great influence. In other words, like this, if a reader was reading it and, and they are also pro-LGBTQ um, and they are assimilating, you know, they're, they're, they have very little connection to Judaism. So then th there's a, in political science, there's a cross-sectionality um, when you're an activist for a particular uh, cause, whatever that may be. And uh, so one of the strategies, as you, I'm sure you're aware of, when it comes to Israel and Palestine and, and the whole you know, debate there is to uh, cross section you know, your cause with another cause. So some, in many ways, uh, Black Lives Matter, uh, maybe not the movement, but the organization aligned themselves with the, with the BDS movement. Mm -hmm. um, and so many of the people who are pro-Israel were very upset about that um, because it sort of gave them this inner conflict like, well, I'm certainly for civil rights for the, the people of color. But at, on the other hand, there is this, this, this uh, very important issue to me, which would, and BDS is, you know, is, is like against that very important issue, you know? And so, so but that's the political game. That's, that's, and that's what I was saying at the beginning of how when people see a conflict, any conflict, whether it's religious, secular, or Israel-Palestine, it, there's always this need to simplify and, and to make things seem like they're very black and white and you want to have allies. So these are people who are behind the scenes. They're trying to, they're trying to get as many people to support whatever their cause is, whatever that is, you're religious. You want as many allies as possible. It, it's, un, it's just, an, it's, it happens and it, it annoys me all the time. Even when I agree with the actual uh, cause because life is way more complex than that. It is much more complicated and it is, and it just creates conflicts. That's the issue. It just exactly. creates more and more divisions and conflicts. And I yeah. am very, you know, live and let live. Like, again, I, I you know, I, as I say, well, I'll use the religious settlers as, as the example. I don't, it has nothing to do with agree or disagree. It, it's, there are people who have a position and they have views and, but they also have lives that are very complicated. Um, like everyone else. And if I can show that they, yes, have opinions, and sometimes they're awful opinions. I mean, not just settlers, just anybody. Um, but at the same time, they're also human beings that these, these uh, opinions come from a place, usually an experience um, that people have had or a story that they've been told. And if people can understand that, uh, it's better than the alternative of creating these camps of who's with me, who's against me, and because that just perpetuates conflicts. And I'm not a good resolver of conflicts. I, I very much admit to it. I'm not a good negotiator. I'm not a good mediator. But if we can point out that uh, people are human beings and they have motivations and reasons, and if I can even find some humanity in, and that's what I found in most people, you can find some humanity, even if they're saying on the one hand, something which I think is awful or somebody thinks is awful, but on the other hand, they also have some humanity to them. I, I would hope people would look at them with much more compassion and say, okay, these things, and it doesn't mean you have an answer. I mean, that's what everyone wants. They want to know who's right, who's wrong. I don't know. I mean, I, I think I know who's right and who's wrong. And I, you know, I, I can be against them or for them, but what is that? 
you know, what does that help? Does that really help solve the problem? So, sure. so shifting back to the, the, um, religious paradigm in, in the, amongst the Jewish people, whether it be in Israel or whether, you know, I think it's more pronounced in Israel. Um, but it's becoming more intense, I would say in, in, uh, in America, there was another talk for another time. Um, you know, to your point that, that, uh, it was a window in, you know, there are different windows, let's say in the, in media that we've seen, we've seen, for example, uh, unorthodox, and we've seen uh, Stissel, right? Mm-hmm. So, so the so with Stissel, it's very interesting that you know the the actors and the actresses. I I don't think they're they're orthodox. No, and I don't think any of them are. And I thought that I thought that was a fascinating, you know, you you essentially you essentially have. I mean, this, there were no actors that would 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 do this. I mean, was there an attempt? I mean, well, to me, that's a, interesting enough. The guy who I forget his name, but the but guy my who, point. One, but let me just make this this quick point that Shabbos, for example, is such a deep thing. Lighting the Shabbos candles, a person could watch. Even the greatest actor or actress could watch a mother with her children lighting the Shabbos candles and try to emulate it. But there's something, there's something deep, you know, when, they, when we have a deep emotional connection to something, you can't, you can't fake that. Mm-hmm. You know, a good actor or actress might be able to. But my question is, like, why? What, like, were there really no, uh, no orthodox, ultra-orthodox people that were willing to appear on such a show? I think that my guess is no. My guess is it's it's still there's that's. I, I think that would be an interesting investigative report. And instead right, of right. You know, right, and I, I, we're both speculating. I'm speculating. Yeah, I don't know. Guess. I don't know. The I'm, I'm, specu- I'm speculating that they could have found that they could have found. Well, no, even I, look? My guess is, and I'm speculating. You're right. Yeah. Is yeah. that the difference between ultra orthodox in Israel is main? There, a lot of them are very much more than the U.S. are much more cut off from mainstream culture. And it's almost taboo to be involved in mainstream culture. So I, think, I don't think, I think you're going to have many yeah. ultra-Orthodox Haredi, use a rocker word, Haredi actors and actresses. I don't think you're going to have that very much in Israel. I could be wrong. I, I, I think you'd be surprised. I really do, Corey. I, I think you'd be surprised at how many people would be, first of all- Send like, me the question to yeah. ask Haredim in, in, uh, in uh, uh, um, say Bollywood, what's a uh, neighborhood near Tel Aviv. Uh, near in, and uh, all over. And I'll ask yes. only Haredim, this is a good question. Is it okay to become an actor or something like that? For sure. There, there are plenty of, I mean, this guy, uh, Peter. You're an actor for the, for the secular, meaning like not just putting on a play in your own community. I, I, I think you'd be surprised. And I, I'll give you, I'll give you a different so. example. I always love being surprised. By Here, here's, 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 uh, you know, I, I've run birthright trips, multiple birthright trips. And we once had a, uh, uh, a madrich, uh, one of the you know the the leaders that the tour guides and whatnot. That mm-hmm. so he did an experiment which I thought was really um, also uh, unfair and uh, misleading uh, at at at, be- at best, uh, damaging, tremendously damaging. You know, so uh, the the experiment on the on the trip was not experiment, but the exercise uh, was that they broke the group into uh, forty students into four different quadrants. So they had. Uh, 10 groups, uh, four groups of 10. And the soldiers were then going to uh, debate publicly with each group and have a discussion for five, 10 minutes 
on a particular issue that Israeli society is, is dealing with. So in one of the quadrants, in one of the groups, we had uh, two female soldiers, not religious, debating the religious versus the non-religious Israeli society. And I thought it was just, you know, it, it was, it was, it was interesting, obviously. Meaning to hear. one of them was taking on the religious point One of view. was supposed to play out, I'm the religious person's explain. And then, so obviously you have, one of the soldiers said, if you go into any of our uh, neighborhoods, you'll get dressed like that, you'll get spit on. Mm. I, I was just like, <laughs> I couldn't watch. I, I, I had to interrupt because it was just, it's just not true. There are neighborhoods. I said, so I asked her, I didn't, I didn't correct her. I just asked her questions. I said, you know, how, how many uh, religious people, how many religious communities are there? How many religious neighborhoods? And we broke it down. We're talking to a less than, a, we're talking about, she was referring in her mind to the, I think the community that you referred to earlier, or one of them nearby there. Well, which is, is, is that can and, and she, and she was, and she was, and her experience was, you know, that was her stereotype at least. Yeah, and anyone who knows, yeah, there there are areas reports anything that's sensational and exciting, and so yeah, you're going to hear about that. How true is it? I have no idea. I've never been a woman, and well, I've never. Well, no, I'm. I no, I think there is truth to that. I'm not. I'm not. I wasn't questioning that, but to represent the entire Orthodox community based on her her experience or what she heard, someone had an experience, and again, that that area is is a is a is a is a shopping mall. That area is like. People grew up in there, and they they had a, they have a community that became a tourist a tourist attraction. So, I, I have my own experiences there. Trust me, like as 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 a uh, a person who was learning in yeshiva, I myself have had experiences there. It's not it's not a simple place for a child to grow up. You know, you can, you can't even imagine. Um, but but uh, we're not, not um, that's not my point. My point is the con this concept that we're discussing about breaking down the barriers and the stereotypes and like ha and hearing the other's perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, as a leftist, that you mentioned that you're a leftist. Um, you know, what what have been like the main paradigm shifts? Um, you know, that you've had interacting with with the religious community. But I just my point my my point was like simply that um, that there is misrepresentation that these stereotypes do exist, and I'm just trying to flesh that out a little bit. I, I I can't really point to anything specific. I mean, I didn't go into it with. I mean, of course, I have preconceived ideas, but. Nothing shocked me, nothing. I mean, the only thing I can say is that in, in places like Me'asharim or very, very, you know, the, the most Haredi areas, the strictest ones, it's, the dynamics are interesting to me in the sense that, for example, when I'm going, I'm walking around with my camera, by the way, I never had any problems. Nobody ever yelled at me. Nobody ever got mad at me. I never, like these things I see in videos of people. Corey, they'd probably invite you for Shabbos. If you want, I'll set you up at someone. You can go for Shabbos for a Friday night dinner there. I'm not kidding. I can't now. Thank you, but I can't. I, I'm camera. just, I'm, I'm just explaining. It's, it's, you know, yeah, this no, is, course, that's part of the that. stereotype, right? Uh, but no, but that wasn't my stereotype. My stereotype is that people were going to yell at me, and in these exactly. very, you know, much more extreme, they were going to get mad at me, and things exactly. that I, and then people would sometimes they would get not mad, they wouldn't yell, but they would get a little defensive. But everybody here gets defensive, so that's nothing new. But what was always interesting is that they would say, "Hold on, hold on." Come here, come here. And they would take me into an alley and there I could film them. As long as the, what was, you know, nobody saw them being filmed, it was okay. That sort of surprised me. That doesn't happen in secular society. 
in secular society, if you say, uh, uh, an, in, if you give them a, a tough question, they get mad at you or they don't get mad at you or whatever. But this idea of what is, by the way, it's the same in Palestinian society, of what is considered proper in public is, is just different between religious and secular. It's so then being killed, and I don't mean all religious, I mean, I'm talking about the, mo, you know, Me'asharim mainly and a few right. other, uh, but, but, you know, they would be like, as long as I'm, you know, I'm not known and, you know, it's, it's, nobody can see. You're saying that happened enough times that you saw that it was a thing that people didn't want to. I never had that in secular society. I have it in Palestinian society sometimes. And it wasn't, it wasn't just a question of like, I mean, those streets are packed and busy and. and no, 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 no. It was like, no, I was told, you know, I don't want people to see me. They're going to talk. There's a lot of rumors that go oh, interesting. That's interesting. I don't need that. That's interesting. And that kind of thing. So that was interesting, but that's. And I think, I think that community is politically unique as well. Yes. I mean, that, and it's maybe, a le- I, I would say less than a percent of the overall. Oh, yeah, it's community. a tiny percentage. Yeah. And the only reason I go there periodically is if when I, when, because people actually ask for, get me Nutsure Karta, get me like these groups, Plugate uh, uh, like these, these groups that are considered the most radical. I thought you were just going to say uh, crazy and, and I, thought, I thought you were going to say crazy and out of the uh, out of the camp. <laughs> In what sense? What do you mean? Sorry. I mean, they're, 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 if you see a guy with a beard and payas, this is this goes back to our original sort of the kibun of our discussion. That if if you see a guy with beard and payas holding a uh, destroy Israel sign with the Palestinian flag on it. Yeah, I've never seen that, but okay. But well, yeah. they, they, they have, they have. Oh, Vice News did a whole special on them in England. I mean, yeah, they, this is a very publicized thing. But you have to go look for them. It, it, but that's a circus. That's the circus. If you yeah. find if you find a, a book about a ultra-Orthodox child who grew up and, and went off and on her journey and her personal journey, and then it's it's taken out of context. It's literally like uh, dramatized and, you know, it, it lost complete connection to the book almost. That's, that's all propaganda. How is that not propaganda? If you're thinking of it as in um, being against being ultra-Orthodox, I guess. But let me put it this way. Yeah. Remember when you were a kid and you had binoculars and you'd look through one end and everything seemed very up close and you look through the other end and it looked very, very far away? <laughs> that's what this is like. To you, you're seeing something completely different than what I'm seeing in a lot of other people. If you're religious, I'm using you. You're an uh, uh, Haredi person. You're going to be, I can't believe they're saying this. If, this let me ask awful. you this then. Fine. To a but, secular person, it's like, oh, isn't that sweet? Great point. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Great point. That's a great point. But let me ask you this. I, I, just, to explain, just to I'm explain saying. my perspective, yeah. You, you know, as a member of the LGBT, LGBT, LGBT whatever tell me the letters the alphabet people yes as a member of the lgbtq plus community i think whatever it is if i were to if i were to do a story for vice news that would get a million plus views and the story was about um you know a community not one person but a community of gay people standing at on the streets with signs saying all heterosexuals are um are bad people and you know our that, mothers that, that? those are our mothers we can't do that well, i understand but but how would you feel if vice news was producing well, represent- it would be ridiculous. and they were all wearing and they were all wearing the rainbow and they were all represent misrepresenting okay, i'll give you a better example. misrepresenting the community right gay people who are uh, um against uh, gay marriage or against uh, uh something to do with gay rights that that does exist there are people like that so, of course, I, I would see it, it. It doesn't reflect the majority. And then, of course, the homophobic people will use it. Of course. 
but I am also a big believer that um, there. I think that's far more debatable. I, I think that that's not a good comparison because, um, you know, even though it may be the minority opinion, um, I, I don't think there are any religious. Well, there are some, but very few. I mean, less than I again, less than a percent of the the Haredi community uh, do not believe. I haven't done a study, by the way, full disclaimer, but do not believe that Eretz Israel, that the land of Israel should be a place where Jews live. I mean, so, so these people oh, are literally, I, go, I yeah, so I, I think it's much more, I'm, 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 we're drawing a comparison between a very, very small outside the camp group that are holding signs uh, saying that Israel should be destroyed. Right? Yeah, that, of course. That, no, and it's, and that, it's that, that's, 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 that's not the same. That's not the same as, you know, as, as someone in an LGBTQ plus community living a life freely at, at, with their own preference privately, right? Uh, saying that I want to live a private life and I don't think that we should be making such a whatever, you know, making such a, uh, a change in the law and the policy and all that stuff. I think that's very different than, than declaring that a country should be abolished or like destroyed or, or well, worse. There are different issues, but I'm, I'm trying to give you a, you know, you asked so, for no, a so speak it out. I, I, yeah. Your comparison just doesn't, there is nobody like that. So I was trying to give you an example. Right, 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 right. right. Um, yeah, well, that's why I said uh, if they were doing something more extreme, like protesting you know, like your, your mothers. Yeah, 100%. Well, yeah, that, you don't have that. That doesn't exist because there is no gay person who actually is. I and mean, there's gay people who that's are, the point. are that's, angry. That's, that's, that's literally the because of what heterosexuals have done, but to gay people, meaning. But right. you know, it's it's a. But bit Corey, of, that's the point. That's the point. What if Vice News covered such a story? Well, but I guess they could. I suppose you, they you, could. And, and and I mean that. But I also find just because they hard. didn't cover that story doesn't mean they don't exist as well. Uh, you're right. I've never met them, and it seems absurd to me that they would even exist. I've never met an Naturi Karta, right? I, ha I have, and I've interviewed okay. them. Um, and they are a tiny, tiny, tiny minority. And yes, they get way, way too much uh, um, viewer time. It's a circus. Because, because there are people who have certain agendas, political it's agendas, news. or they want to yeah. believe. Right, it's it's news. So that's the, that's news. what people. It's exciting. It's 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 the, they, they think it's the opposite. It's different. Of yeah. It's, what is that? Yeah. It catches um, the eye. And, and people use it. I mean, you meet Palestinians all the time who think that you know they uh, the Nature Carta people, the anti-Zionist people, uh, are are a huge group. They're a tiny group. Right. And I'm not saying that because I want them to be a tiny group. I'm saying they are a tiny group because they're a tiny group. Um, so yes, people do that. Is yes, of course it annoys me. So how does it? So how do you see right? So but I also don't. I don't get obsessive about it because when I put it in my own context, I go really. Are people really walking around thinking this is absolute reality? Probably not. With, Probably with, not. with, with all due respect, with all go back to the birthright trip, right? I said to the the soldier, I said I, I went up to her and profusely apologized. I'm so so sorry. I did not mean to put you on the spot like that. I know it probably, and I probably looked bad in front of the students for like, you know, calling her out on all these things. Like, you know, but I said, I don't you don't understand. I, I said, you fun. don't understand. I said, I, I'm on campus. I'm out, you know, in the, in the trenches of assimilation, trying to give Jewish people a positive Jewish experience, a connection to community, bringing hundreds, if not thousands of, you know, literally thousands over the past, whatever, to, to Israel to experience and to see for themselves, you know? And when they go back, we're their only shot, you know? And so to portray 
like a black yarmulke or you're putting too much you're putting too much in the 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 20 year old who's sitting there probably didn't take it very seriously what she said and it doesn't mean he's ruined for life with but if you brand if you brand the fired fire fire that's running up a burning building as as isis then, then that's going to that that has lasting effect on the person's chance at at going to a place for Shabbos, you know. If if that's the if that's the messaging that they're getting, I, but that's not the only message they got. I say, I, I disagree. But I think I, I think, think it is. Putting way too much emphasis on it. You're, maybe that you're, maybe in the birthright trip, but I'm saying as a whole, I'm I'm trying to help. I'm trying. I'm I'm now doing the at the Ask Project from the secular American yeah, assimilated yeah. Jewish perspective, right? So from their perspective, those ultra-Orthodox, even, you know, Chabad does a good job at this, but like those ultra-Orthodox are, you know, there's an agenda and there's like, they have a whole perspective on that. That's based on, a lot of it's based on the, the misrepresentation in the media, you know? So what, from, as, as, as a leftist journalist, so to speak, I mean, you know, what, but okay. what, what have been... Sure. Yeah, no, I, well, yeah, we. But, but and not what, such a leftist. So I can go into that after, but it doesn't matter. Go say ahead. Again? Yeah. Okay. I'm right. not such a leftist. It depends on what you mean, but it doesn't matter. Uh, go ahead. Yes, very right. secular. Right. Absolutely. I'm just going with the words you gave me earlier. You're so fine. you're right. You're right. Go ahead. I'll, I'll wear but, a problem. Uh, okay. Right, but that's that's another whole story, right? Once you like sort of um, drill down on any label, yeah. you know, of, it's, of it's them. Not, you know? Yeah, exactly right. correct, but it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, but but. Uh, what what has been like the biggest paradigm shift for you? What what has been the biggest paradigm shift for you? Not withstanding, uh, you know, fringe well, groups outside the camp. Religious, it wasn't with uh, Jewish religious people at all. I mean, a little bit. Like I said, um, uh, uh, religious or not religious settlers. That was a little bit of a wow. Okay, it's much more moderate than I thought. And Palestinians. Um, so that's the part I was joking about. I'm not such a leftist because I think the right wing in Israel is much more correct about their analysis about Palestinians than the left is. Now, the left have really great intentions. That's why I still call myself a leftist, because I really do believe in humanistic values. And I believe that we should all be living together and be equal and whatever that means. But the right has a better analysis of what Palestinians think than the left does, at least the left how it used to be, not the left. There's not much of a left today in Israel. But uh-huh. um, so, yeah, that 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 was very quickly, I'll give you the example. When my first question I asked Palestinians was, do you want to throw the Jews in the sea? And I meant it not as a serious question. I meant it as a joke question because I asked a similar time, uh, Israelis, why do you steal hummus from the Arabs? I thought I'd make funny videos. That was just at the start. And I thought, why would why would any Palestinian or Muslim or, or Arab today want to throw the Jews in the sea? What a ridiculous concept. How silly is that? Nobody's going to say yes. The first guy I asked said, and this is all in the video, this is the order. The first guy said, no, we don't want to throw them in the sea. This is a Zionist conspiracy. The Zionists made this up, that we want to throw them in the sea. And I was like, oh, I don't know how to make a joke from that. So, okay, I'll go to the next guy. Next guy says, yes, I want to throw them in the sea. And I'm like, no, 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 sweetie, you don't understand my question. Obviously, you can't possibly understand my question. He goes, no, 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 I understand your question. And I got someone to translate in Arabic. He said, they stole my land. Of course I have to throw them in the sea. And I was like, oh shit. like this is what we're dealing with. Like that was when I realized that according to the people I had voted for on the left and that the situation is not how we were taught to see it on the left. 
That you could call a paradigm shift. And it's not so much that I stopped thinking in leftist terms in the sense of, again, humanistic values, um, uh, equality for all, being kind to each other, um, but I thought, wow, the right really do have this right. Like they were right this whole time. That I would say is is a shift. And then from then, I kind of, you know, I went, okay, so that's what, the situation. What, do you, what did you attribute? How did you process that? Like, what what did you attribute the the misunderstanding to? Of the leftists or the or mine? Yeah, that, yeah. You you said you had been sort of uh, raised with a certain perspective that was not accurate. I'm Canadian, and and I had been, yeah, I'm Canadian, is, 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 it comes down to, and we believe in being fair and, and, and good to each other, and all conflicts are solvable, and if we just understand each other, we just listened, we would all get along, and then you realize that there are people who are very angry and very, uh, um, have a lot of uh, uh, fury, and wow, we got to deal with that. We got we to gotta look at that. And it doesn't mean it's even solvable because I don't know how to solve it. But we have to really look at that. And I don't want to be, um, you know, not say that there's any point I, or any hope for, for peace because I actually think there, are, there is. And you just need leaders on their side and on our side to actually lead us towards it. That's a big believer in this. Or, you know, using subtle ways of, you know, improving life for everybody in some way that eventually they might come to the conclusion, well, maybe it is better off, and better off this way. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I, I don't know how to solve it, but at the same time, I think it's important to understand it because that's the situation. That's what it is. It doesn't matter how much I wish it wasn't that situation. It is that situation. So I, I try to understand it from that perspective. Beautiful, beautiful. And I don't know if that's helpful, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I hear. Very interesting. So now, do you think um, it sounds like the the rift between the left and the right, so to speak, or I, I don't even want to call it left and right. I'd rather call, in Israel. I, I, we're talking about. I, I'm talking about within, yeah, in, internally, so to speak, within the Jewish community in Israel. Um, well, there's very this, little left. The left is kind of gone. Oh, really? That's that's the uh, yeah. yeah? I, I, we were joking that the, uh, the last six of us, we don't know who to vote for anymore because people are disillusioned. The left was wrong about uh, so many um, things. Yeah. About, about uh, no, not nothing to do with economics. It had to do much more with peace with the Palestinians in the sense of how to get there. It's not that they were entirely wrong. It just didn't work out the way they thought it would work out, and a lot yeah. of factors involved. Right, but, right. Yeah, and so people became disillusioned. So they moved rightwards. Very interesting. So so. You know, it's funny because the, the demographics are, are like in 10, 20 years, Israel's going to be a very different country. Could very be. different country. Right? What's that? Could be. I don't know. They said well, that the, 30 the, years the, the Hasidim, you know, the Arabs, and it didn't happen. If, so if you just know. look at birth rates, if you look at the, at the birth rates, uh, you, you know, and you project that demographically, I mean, anything could change. But um, yes, the chances know, are the religious will have a much bigger component than the secular, right. but we, you don't know. They said, I, I'll remind you, remember 20, 30 years ago, they said the same thing about the Arab birth rate and how it's, you know, either Arabs are going to out uh, children, the Jews, and it's going to be, you know, if we don't take control, and then the Arabs are having less children. So, oh, really? I, I mean, you don't know what's going to happen. Change. Sure, it could happen. So, what, could what about, countries. you know, what about um, breaking down the stereotypes between the religious and non religious communities in Israel? What's I'm saying the S project, focusing a series of questions or, or even sure, send them to me. Absolutely. I, what I do is people send me questions and then I do searches in all my email addresses of how often I received a similar question. 
And if I received it a couple of times, then usually I'll go out and ask the question. Great. Okay, beautiful. So, yeah, so how, how do how do people received any questions about secular religious? I can't remember. Nothing comes to mind. It's much more about what a religious people think about very I have a question. I have a question. Sure. Would you host a secular Israeli at your house that you've never met for Shabbos? I haven't asked that. I have asked sort of a, a similar but Palestinian type question. I asked Israelis, would you have a Palestinian over for Leila Seder, for, for the Seder? Uh, and I asked Palestinians for Ramadan, would you have a Jew? Actually, That's the Seder is an interesting. We should schmooze next time. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, send your question for sure. And so I'm asking religious people or? Asking the religious community. Okay. And you can ask the non-religious community, you know, the, the secularists, I don't know what you call them. Whatever. Well, I'm trying to make it as, as wide as possible. So if I ask secular, because they don't usually have a Shabbat meal. Okay. So um, ask, would you, would you host, would you host a random, you know, ask both, both types of people. For, you know, for, for a, uh, like. For an extended two to three hour or feast. Or for, for an extended state. two to three hour feast with L'chaims and. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Send me the question. A meaningful discussion and, and singing and. <laughs> I don't know what the equivalent would be without Shabbos. And they'll probably say, wait, what's the follow-up question when they say, yeah, but the, they're not going to eat at my house because I don't keep kosher. <laughs> they'll good. say, okay, you bring okay. in kosher food. Well, you, can, okay? you can bring it in. You can bring it in. Okay. I, I always need a follow-up question because sometimes they stump me with something like, oh, shit. It's a good that. question. That's a good so, question. Yeah. Yeah. So I need, I need good follow-up questions too for when they, they, they try to because people haven't really thought of any of these questions before. So right, right, right. the quickest way out of it. Yeah, so it, it would get complicated. It. it would get complicated. I mean, you're, you're, you're right. That would be the follow-up question I hear. Yeah, you have to. You have to if your goal yeah. is, wait, if your goal is Kiruv in the sense of secular and religious, eating together, doing something together, getting to know each other, if that's your focus, I'll I'll focus on that. Like that's I'll try to. Yeah, get- I think I think my focus is to break the stereotypes. My focus is to, uh, you know, to 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 make to to drown to drown unorthodox, the movie, with accurate, and and Vice News's coverage of of Naturi Karta, to drown those tars and you know the, all the feathers in the hat, with more accurate. Um, with more accurate uh, and, and holistic and full picture, accurate picture, I think is the most important thing is, you know, when, when, when populations are misrepresented, that's your passion. You're, you're trying to hear what is the other side, what is really going on. And that those paradigm shifts are really important to society as a whole. Sure. And so our, our society. Oh, one thing I did ask, and I don't remember the answers is secular Israelis. What do you think of Haredim? And it, the, it was very, uh, if I remember correctly, and you have to go back and check, but I don't think anyone said anything negative. They really didn't. And I really tried to get like the secular, secular people who, you know, wouldn't be biased in some way. Um, I didn't hear as much antagonism as I expected, but maybe I'm misremembering um, because sometimes I, I have, you know, this in my head, oh, everyone's getting along better than I thought. So go back and look. Yeah, I, I hope that I hope that uh, your efforts will continue to build bridges. You know, it's it's a really important thing for people to see and be able to talk about the elephant in the room. You know that 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 they think about a particular group and to you know bring unity in the world. The tribal the polarization yeah, right least, now. If, if, if even if there is, you know, you have uh, um, 
you have an issue, I won't even say a stereotype, you have an issue with whatever the other group is, at least understanding where it's coming from, understanding totally. why it exists. Um, and each side understanding that. I mean, it doesn't mean that one side is absolutely right. It, it never is. So um, yeah, that's what I would hope for. Beautiful, beautiful. And that's what you're going for, to, to, bring, to bring understanding to two sides to two different groups and, and in multiple sides in this case because in you know jewish israelis you have right. multiple sides the palestinian right. jewish side. beautiful well but yeah as close as possible as i can get to that yeah absolutely i i think that's important i think uh that's the style of of what the video or what the videos can 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 give the the viewer amazing the news like you said the media does all these exposés about very particular right. topics sometimes they're relevant sometimes they're real sometimes they're not uh, I'm just trying to get a cross section of what people think about different topics. Corey, I appreciate everything you do. And I really, I love your mission because, you know, where the media covers, and maybe we'll close with this, but where the, where the media covers all of the, uh, the sort of paradigm shifts in not necessarily a more accurate way, you know, to the circuses and, and the, the outliers. And, you know, sometimes they, they misrepresent groups, creating more polarization, more, uh, you know, uh, conflict in the world yeah. you're breaking down those misrepresentations you're showing the other side you're giving a voice to people on the ground uh, so that they can represent themselves and i think Corey, that's a that's a wonderful mission and we appreciate your efforts and everything well, that you, you do and, and I, I give this invitation often but when you come to israel and mostly if you i haven't done your question yet then you contact me and you come with me and you ask the question and you can, you know, ask it any way you want. I'll blow your mind, man. You want. We'll, we'll, you want to spend a couple of days with me on the ground? I, I will blow your mind at what you'll see. We, we, Sounds good. We, we, can, uh, we can explore together, you know? It's, Great. it's so many fascinating nooks and crannies of community and perspective. And, you know, it's, it's, it's an important thing for unity, for Shalom. Maybe I'm a Kohen, so that, that's my... Uh, I have, a, I have a natural need for this, so to speak. You know, it's a, it's a driving force in my life. But this, having grown up non-religious and, you know, and had my, my perception of, of what um, the Torah was even, you know, it's, is, uh, you know, shifting that paradigm and, and, and really uh, deep, deeply understanding through the experiential um, journey of life is, is, is what it's all about. So. Okay, well, you're very I, welcome. I look forward to it. I, I, uh, we need there. I, I will take you up on that uh, offer, and uh, maybe we can circle around, hopefully soon with Corona, with the vaccine coming out now, and and yeah. uh, roll up the sleeves for as much time as you'll give me. I mean, you want to you want to go for a week? We'll, we'll we'll do it. You know. I don't know. I have a job, so I can't take off a week. But yes, absolutely, a day or two, absolutely. I appreciate it. Corey, thank you so much for your time and uh, everything you do, and I look forward to. Uh, to watching more of the Ask Project. How can people send an email? Uh, at the end of each video is a Gmail address. So it's askisraelis at Gmail or askpalestinians at Gmail. Uh, it's at the end of every video. So I, people don't usually wait to the end of the video. They're too, so they, so they, they, you know, search for me somehow. So sometimes I get them to my work email, which is not great, but, you know. <laughs> um, and on Facebook, there is an Ask, Isra Ask an Israeli, Ask a Palestinian group as well. Okay, great. Well, hopefully people will check that out and uh, you, you'll have uh, some more questions coming in soon. Sounds good. Thanks. This, is, this has been wonderful, Corey. My name is JP Katz and this is 
the Tribecast at tribejournal.org. And we look forward to seeing you next time. <laughs>